0: Dinosaur. Dinosaur man Dinosaur Man Hello and welcome to Dinosaur Man News and Reviews. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson.
1: Greetings. It's after dark. Greetings. everything's after dark these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no light.
1: Although, recently, I think we've been good at recording during daylight hours. But now the vampires are outside our window, and we gotta record.
0: Got a little bit later tonight, guys, and there's a guy chewing on my neck.
1: So, if you hear a knocking at the door, it's just a vampire asking to be invited in.
0: Nom, nom, nom. Your neck is beautiful. Politest monster. <laughs> well, you have to invite him in, don't you?
1: Like... Exactly. politest monster. Frankenstein. Straight through that door.
0: <laughs> He's going through the wall. Uh-huh. Werewolf.
1: Werewolf we'll chimney. will
0: pretend it's a dog. You go to pet it, and it's like, oh, got we- it
1: again. Werewolf chimney.
0: <laughs> like, there's nothing worse. But Creature in the like- Black
1: Lagoon. Sink. <laughs> and mummy uh, medicine cabinet in the bandages.
0: Oh, okay. Or to toilet me. paper. <laughs> what, you're just, like, putting it in, and you're like, hold on. Well, this seems like a very big toilet hole holder. Mm-hmm. Exactly like, right. You think it's one of those, like, um... What are mm-hmm. they called? Were they doilies or something like that? Did, did your grandparents ever have the uh, things that you put over the toilet rolls, but like women in like women in dresses? So, and the dress goes one of over? one of my
1: grandmothers did. My nan had it, which um, she probably still does. I don't know. <laughs> no, she wouldn't have. But yeah, I think she got to the twenty first century and realized I've got to
0: change. Yeah, my grand didn't.
1: Do you think there were a whole generation of grandparents who got to the twenty first century and just went, "Ah, oh, I need to sort this shit out immediately because <laughs> I've, right I've got some right old, I've got some right old twentieth century nonsense going on here."
0: Do you think we'll get to like a point in time where we're like, "Oh God, what are we?"
1: I'm at it now. Yeah, I, TikTok is exploded.
0: Yeah, but you're into TikTok. I'm on TikTok now. Yeah, yeah, officially. You only do dances to TikTok by cash. Though.
1: Yeah, I am world famous TikToker
0: you're a tiktok on tiktok that's your username isn't it
1: that's right i'm well i'm at official tiktok
0: you're also dressed as a clock you're like tiktok, yeah, doing I TikTok do, on tiktok
1: i do like time related uh tiktok dances yeah so yeah i mean look i'm not on tiktok
0: so he says
1: i'm seeing if it's free
0: what tiktok on tiktok
1: i'm just seeing if i'm able to, no if if it's free to do tiktok <laughs> yeah it is it's free
0: it's not so anyone can do it.
1: Short-form videos.
0: You only do it if you can pay. Okay. Okay, so play what would you say
1: the one. primary genres of TikTok are? There's three.
0: Romance. No. Thriller. No. Cyberpunk.
1: <laughs> yes. So it's cyberpunk, dance, comedy, and education. There were four. <laughs> education.
0: When they're trying to sell themselves like as yeah, yeah, being yeah, like yeah. a platform where you can learn stuff. Who's getting
1: taught in three to sixty seconds? I, oh I'm sure there's a fucking college paper out there. Um actually research states that uh, your best learning is done in short bursts of between three and the sixty seconds. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Harvard By Journal.
0: Professor Tick Tock.
1: <laughs> Timothy tock Tim Tok.
0: I know your game. <laughs>
1: bullshit. Available in 40 languages. Isn't it just available in whatever language you record it
0: in? Yeah, so all of them.
1: I suppose operational languages. So, if you are from Burkina Faso, do you have TikTok in your language? What's the official language of Burkina Faso, do we think?
0: If you are a Latin speaker, mm. like you only speak old Latin. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have TikTok in your language?
1: Good question. <laughs> Hang on, did you say Old Latin? Yeah, good old Latin, good old Latin, classic yeah. Latin,
0: you not know,
1: diet Latin, Latin or <laughs> Latin, or New Latin or Latin Max,
0: Latin that your granddad used to know. Uh,
1: Citizens of Burkina Faso speak uh, French so, traditionally. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, so actually. Yeah. you're learning on here as well so this is a platform for education And we did it
0: in longer than 60 education seconds.
1: check comedy we're working on it and the other one dance
0: well, i always guys. dance what you don't realize, is he just dabbed
1: that's not a d- dabbing he, isn't a he, dance
0: he put some ketchup on his head and a little dab of ketchup yeah <laughs> still working moron. on that comedy, guys
1: you're a moron <laughs> Okay, so... Welcome to the podcast, guys. Oh, yeah, the yeah, only yeah, yeah.
0: podcast that talks news and reviews.
1: Shouldn't record after dark. We've learned that now, and the hard way.
0: This week's news.
1: Yes. We've got four fi- four films to review today. Lots of new things. Uh, Uncle Frank, Happiest Season, Hillbilly Elegy, and Arkansas, which is from March, so don't even worry about that one.
0: I said this week's news, and you reeled off the reviews. Oh, sorry this week's news, guys, are we going to be ready for Brexit?
1: <laughs> Education, still working on it. <laughs> um, and you're going to talk about two episodes of Mando. Yes, because I didn't see... For Mando Watch!
0: Mando the week before. So Don't I do it
1: talk- now! I know I said it, but that was like an example of the theme tune.
0: But before we get to all of those reviews, mm. and before we get to that really important news, that really Brexit Britain news... Mm. Um, yeah, this week you know what? I say
1: good. Remain.
0: <laughs> well, brave. Brave wow. for you to take this stance. I back. actually think Remain, guys. Hold on. Hold on, I'm just getting a phone call. Hi, oh, is that Boris? Oh, nice to meet you. We're changing the result of the referendum because it was swayed by one vote. That's all we needed.
1: I did vote for last
0: time. <laughs> <this> time. <laughs> You've taken one off, put it on the other and It's like, oh, the seesaw's balanced.
1: Am I a variety of lettuce? Because I'm Remain.
0: I didn't have any... Comedy achieved. Tick, tick. I mean, TikTok. clicking in my brain where it's like, Mm -hmm. you can think of something else to follow that with. It's like, nope.
1: And then you just went, went, little gem. (laughs) Bad lettuce. Also,
0: great Indian (laughs) chief.
1: Okay. Uh, Best lettuce.
0: Lettuce. Wow. The... Iceberg. Iceberg.
1: Iceberg? You it's think iceberg is best job. lettuce?
0: Yeah. goes with everything.
1: <laughs> it goes with everything. Uh,
0: Name something <laughs> iceberg lettuce doesn't go
1: with. Well, it's just the iceberg lettuce is, for me, is too wet.
0: <laughs> well, don't put it underwater then.
1: Oh, don't okay. It, like- <laughs> I've been submerging it in soups. But it does go with everything you say.
0: It goes with anything. Like, does it go with soup? Yeah, sure, on the side. Side of a Side of, side of
1: lettuce. Mm. <laughs> Tomato soup with a side of iceberg. iceberg. Freshly sliced.
0: It's just a classic. Like, it's not, you know...
1: I think it's just... I don't know. I feel like it's too wet.
0: You know, the problem with you is you're like, oh, everyone eats iceberg. Like, even the plebs know about iceberg. Oh, you I think won. this is a yeah, snobbery this is like, thing? This is a snobbery thing. You're like, I okay. only not want to talk about, you know... Some undiscovered <laughs> Papua New Guinea <laughs> lettuce.
1: Yeah, I'm always going down to Papua New Guinea to discover lettuce.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. There you are in your, in your shorts and your um, explorer's hat. Do down mem- the lettuce mines, just like, dig up that lettuce for me, boys. I'm taking it home with me. <laughs> do you remember the start of the they episode when you lettuce. said nice and breezy? <laughs> they call it blood lettuce, guys. They breezy? Yeah.
1: So hang on, it's now the film Blood Diamond. Except I am the Leonardo DiCaprio character, and I'm searching for letters.
0: You're the guy who owns. It's the... going
1: to be a good letters we're going to find here.
0: You're the guy who owns the mine, and is like, "Please, sir, will you put our wages up by by literally just an extra coin?" And you're like, "No, get me the letters."
1: Hang on. So I'm the guy who runs the mine like that. Yeah. Hang on, but am I the guy who's going to the guy no, saying, "You are please put our wages." Christopher up?
0: Christopher Walken's character uh-huh. in um. Welcome to the Jungle, where he's got guys with whips who whip the people and he's like, oh, you don't get any money if you ask for more. Okay,
1: can I just tell you one thing that I had in my head? I thought you said Christoph Waltz, and I thought when you said Welcome to the Jungle, you meant Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. (laughs) And I was like, I've seen that film. I didn't remember that Christoph Waltz was in it. And And also, whipping is slightly too, I think, hardcore for a fun family romp. <laughs> um, what's Welcome to the Jungle about?
0: Welcome to the Jungle is Sean William Scott and The Rock go to find the diamonds. No, this kind of ancient statue that will bring prosperity to the region and Christo- Christopher Walken is trying to hunt them down.
1: Why have we entrusted that mission to Sean William Scott?
0: Well, Sean William Scott discovers where it is and goes hunting for it. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's an explorer. Okay. Uh, but he's also a, a liar. Liability. Yeah, um, I could have Rock told you that. Is, his job is to get Sean William Scott and take him back home to America to his dad.
1: Good episode so far. This like, is, isn't it.
0: Really good film. We're covering really a lot of ground good here, film, guys. I love it. What I was gonna
1: this say. minus fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: <laughs> no. It says
1: Metacritic cannot be rated.
0: Yeah, but guys, we all know we don't trust Rotten Tomato scores here.
1: This is true. We never do because um, famously they said that Paul Blart was only a ninety nine out of a hundred when <laughs> we all know it's a hundred. Um, but guys, there's always that one sour apple to ruin the Blart pie.
0: Before we get to that movie, <laughs> Blart reviews. pie. Yum yum. Before we hit that movie news, we must first take a little draw Yes, the alleyway. Let me load up
1: pcgamer.com. That is
0: gaming. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, Bungie Boss says that the studio has been working on new games for three years. Uh, they've been around for longer than three years. I'd hope they've been working on new games for all of the time, actually.
0: Did you pick this article just so you can make Zing! that joke? <laughs> uh,
1: Bungie has been working on several new games for three years now. According to Pete Parsons, good name, solid yeah. name.
0: Superhero name, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it says here, I am Spider-Man?
0: Peter Parsons, also known as the amazing game developer. He uh,
1: developed Bung- games
0: at the speed of three years.
1: Asked about Bungie's January 2019 split with publisher Activision, which, while high-profile, was seemingly amicable. Parsons said that the studio's consistent desire is for creative independence. Obviously, that means control of Destiny 2, obviously. Oh, Everyone who thought that that didn't mean control of Destiny 2. I don't fucking know what that is.
0: There's a line in this article that says Pete Parsons then ran outside, took down the robber, handed him into the police, and then came back and finished off the interview. <laughs>
1: it's not a huge surprise that the studio has other projects in the works. It filed a video game software trademark in the EU for Matter in 2018. Haven't so they- look out for Matter coming out soon, guys.
0: Haven't they um, just rejoined with Microsoft? because they were aren't they the guys who did all the Halos
1: yes there's the news that they they may be taken over by Microsoft
0: again yeah.
1: and right. this time bought out entirely I'm coming by
0: home to daddy
1: um, hey daddy
0: Microsoft
1: do you want any more information hey hmm? Pete Parsons also Jason Jones
0: that Okay, you surely didn't just go to like the League of Her- the Hall of Heroes. Hang on, and
1: also Johnny Jebbert and Zach Zerussel. <laughs> okay, two of those aren't real.
0: Pete Parsons. Um <laughs> mm. Zach Zack Zerussell is. <laughs> Great. Um
1: It also says Pete Parsons also says that M. E. Chung, who's the designer oh no sorry. Sorry, it says M. E. M. E. Chung. Mimi Chung. M-E-M-E it's a it's a code
0: <laughs> what do are, what are these numbers it's mean? Three, the Statue of Liberty? 7, 11
1: <laughs> the number
0: 23 well, I can't remember the other numbers in Lost Who not it interesting
1: that the number 23 the film is about the Miley Cyrus Mike Will Made It song 23 it is mm. and that in turn was about obviously Michael Jordan
0: do you think mm. there is somebody... Do you who... think that song is
1: about Michael Jordan? Yeah. Or do you think it's about a sex act? Because <laughs> I feel like it might be something a bit raunchier. I was
0: going to say, yes. do you think there's somebody who every single week puts on lottery numbers, which are the numbers from Lost? Ooh. And do you think that they're ever going to win?
1: Oh, well, c- c- could we introduce the thing where we do lottery numbers every week? Yeah okay, like four hundred and seventy two yep, ninety thousand and two
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of twos in here so far, yep, uh triangle, yep, uh curtain rod, and I think like um peeking duck
0: we got a house, hey, Hugh Laurie. we got
1: a house, oh my God,
0: <laughs> I've got lupus,
1: <laughs> it's not always lupus. <laughs> Thanks, you, Laurie.
0: Bye, you, Laurie.
1: Remember how his American accent was so good?
0: <laughs> I like how you became Jack Nicholson. I mean, he became Jack Nicholson for a second. I Guys, did. I'm sorry. This is all over the place. Shall we go to movie news? Uh, never
1: apologize for the quality of the podcast because we'll never get anything done. <laughs> yes, movie news. Slow News Week this week. I
0: hope you enjoyed all that gaming news because mm-hmm. um, there's no real news. No. Um, I've not even played anything this week Godzilla
1: really. vs. Kong uh, may be the next major movie to land a streaming deal um, with HBO Max likely being the recipient. Uh, Warner Brothers Pictures negotiated some, or have been negotiating some sort of deal for King Kong, Godzilla vs. Kong rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix have made an offer reportedly of, 200, of over $200 million for the film. 201. Uh Dalmatians. It's two hundred million and literally one dollar. It's like the Luis Suarez bid. Yeah. Okay, that's a good bit of uh, reference.
0: The the football fans are cheering because <laughs> that's all they ever do.
1: Um uh, but Warner Media is instead looking to grab the movie in order to send it to HBO Max. So uh yes, Warner Brothers Pictures mm-hmm. would still be selling the film to Warner Media. Because they're two separate entities, so the finances have to be exchanged. Yeah. Um uh, but there is basically there is some discussion about whether they are gonna be able to get a better deal. So for instance, if it was two hundred million and one pounds, as we suspect, that would have only covered seventy-five percent of the film's budget. Oh, it's just an expensive film. <laughs> oh, it's an expensive film, guys. Um,
0: do you think they thought that Godzilla: King of Monsters was going to do more as well? Mm,
1: yes, probably. Well, okay. So this is the this is where the interesting thing comes is that Warner Brothers Pictures would still have to re- would still release the movie in China if that mm. was the case because Netflix isn't in China, so they would still release it cinematically in China, presumably. Um. So that would then hopefully benefit them. But it may well still be that it gets released in China cinematically because if it goes to HBO Max, HBO Max is only available in, I think, still one territory maybe. (laughs) So that's the problem at the moment. So it may well do the similar thing that they've done with Wonder Woman and do a sort of staggered tiered release and differ it for international markets. Yeah. I mean, look, are you going to see this movie?
0: Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I think Skull Island was great and the first Godzilla is great, but mm. the problem is King of Monsters is uneven and at times is good and at times bad. So it depends. We still see nothing of this film, mm. which is crazy. Like, And I guess this is why, because they don't even know how they're getting that film out there.
1: It's incredible that King of Monsters made $386 million. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. No, and and cinemas... For a movie that cost 200 million.
0: Guys, I don't know what you're thinking, but cinemas were open when that came out.
1: Yeah, like, the first Godzilla, 525 million. Kong Skull Island, 566 million. And then King of Monsters, 386 million. Like, that's... That's a huge drop-off.
0: They tried to do so much with that film. It felt like I sat in an empty IMAX screening. I it pretty too much to myself.
1: Mm-hmm. You had booked every seat, though. Yes. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I was most of that 300 million.
1: <laughs> yeah, it says here, widely credited to one idiot.
0: <laughs> um, so you're going to see this movie?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Like cool. I like Godzilla, and I like King Kong. Like, mm mm-hmm ergo
1: you will hate this because two rights don't make a wrong <laughs> wait no surely that would be the case they do make a wrong anyway boss baby 2 had a trailer this week um are we excited for this um so this is the sequel to the animated i'm presuming smash hit if they made a second one uh the boss baby which came out in
0: good enough to get a tv show
1: 2017 2018 um new babies same problems
0: Alec Baldwin is still a baby. Yeah. Well, he's not. So the direction this has gone is Alec Baldwin is now grown up, mm. and the his brother has had a baby. Yes. Um, and that
1: baby is in the family business, and the family business is being a talking baby. Mm-hmm. Is that just like the thing? Is that the, the uh, look? Okay, I'm going to tell you something now. I didn't see the boss baby.
0: <laughs> Guys, I know what you're thinking. At least Did you one see of the them saw the boss baby. I'm sorry to break this. Andy saw turn, the boss baby. Turn that band aid off. I didn't see boss baby either. Okay, so we I've can only pre- hypothesize. So right. I think I've been pretending to be the boss baby's biggest mm-hmm. fan for the last few years. Yeah. You know, I got that t shirt saying boss baby's boss. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. I think
1: plot of first boss baby, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. baby Bruce Springsteen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this is gonna be like okay, if so if I had to guess it's a baby that only plays um bo- uh boss mass. <laughs>
1: Okay, I actually think for the Boss Baby family,
0: is that a music? Uh, What Bossa Nova? Yeah, that's a yeah, yeah, it's a type of music. Cool guys, I did it. Good, I did it. Is what I was going to go with the first time. Last comment. Remember how
1: Brave New World is a book?
0: (laughs) I love still funny from last week.
1: Um, Yeah, so Boss Baby family business. This trailer is a lot. He's a boomer. Well, they're both boomers, clearly. Uh, I don't want to see this movie. Um, will you see it for the pod?
0: No. Okay. I didn't watch the first one for the pod.
1: Well, in that case, we will never report on Boss Baby family business ever again.
0: Or maybe we will.
1: Also, um, I'm not going to say we won't. What else? 21 Jump Street. Yes, so the, the female-led spin off that has been reported, I think we reported it last year when <clears> they started voting it, uh, has been given a new title. Instead of being 24 Jump Street, is going to be called Jump Street, I believe. Is it going to be called Jump Street Now for Her Pleasure? Yes. Yeah. No numbers, just Jump Street Now for Her Pleasure. Funny line because of, you know, condoms. What? Being ribbed for her pleasure.
0: No, I don't get it.
1: Okay. So when a man and a woman love each other very much slash encounter each other drunk in a bar if they're drunk in a bar often things go out the window anyway so okay if a man and a woman are being very careful about things yeah they might wear something to ensure that they don't have a boss baby
0: okay full body hazmat suit
1: yes and you can get them ribbed or smooth (laughs) or little bubbles (laughs) so you know choose wisely is what I would say.
0: I think. I think that's what I have. Because when
1: two adults rub against each other, a little boss baby comes out.
0: Cool, scary. He's like setting a fire.
1: Yeah, and he goes, "Okay, now I'm in the family business.
0: <laughs> now you need to get married, He's Gilbert Godfrey. You need to keep appearances."
1: <laughs> um, it might have Tiffany Haddish in it, but also it might not have because she's not actually attached, okay. she's been rumored previously with Aquafina. Uh, but it is being written, or has been written, by the writers for the recently confirmed Deadpool 3, mm-hmm. the Molynews. Um
0: That's the name of the people, not the subtitle of Deadpool 3. Well,
1: Wendy Molyneux and Lizzie Molyneux Logan. Loglin? Loglin.
0: I like the Jump Street films. I think they're great fun.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought the first one was fine.
0: I think the second one's a lot of fun as well, though.
1: And that's why it again. this podcast it has works. a great,
0: it has one of the best end credits kind of title cards um, where it basically pots out the sequels from this point forwards. Didn't guess 24
1: Jump Street being females.
0: It probably was.
1: So the plot of this is <clears throat> it's been reported that the film will focus on an adult police officer going undercover as a teacher. And another one going undercover Hold as a done. student.
0: Are they going to cut some corners here mm. and do that Kevin Hart goes back to school, night school or whatever it's called, yep. where Tiffany Radish was um, mm-hmm. his teacher. And they're just going to put that on screen again, but they're going to put in a little bit where she goes, I'm a cop. Mm-hmm. Didn't see night school, so I don't know how that planned out. Uh,
1: so, uh, Columbia Pictures President Sanford Panich. Uh, uh, told Variety, we have had enough male buddy comedies. I'll fucking mm-hmm. preach to that, mate. Uh, the script is really funny and has a freshness to it. Yeah. Lemon zesty freshness. Someone's wiped it with a bit <laughs> Taz. of... Taz! <it. laughs>
0: what? <laughs> From Space Jam. Like, so Whenever somebody says lemony fresh, my mind always goes to the bit in Space Jam where Taz in Tasmania, mm. he um, cleans the entire sports hall... And he spins around and then he gets back um, and he stops in front of Michael Jordan and goes, Liberty Fresh!
1: And Arsenal bid £40 million and one pounds for Luis Suarez in 2014. <laughs> uh, those references are both <laughs> equally relevant, I feel. <laughs> everyone knows Space Jam. Does everyone know Space Jam? I would be interested to see who actually does know Space Jam. Uh, if you know Space Jam, tweet at us at Dinosaur Man 15 hashtag I know Space Jam. And if you don't, then hashtag. I don't Space Jam.
0: And guys, tune into my new podcast called I Know Space Jam, where every week I tell you that I know Space Jam. Each episode, one okay. line long. So, <laughs>
1: moving on. Uh, what else have we got? Is that it? I don't
0: know. Maybe. There's yeah. Like, guys, it was a really slow news week. Slow
1: news week.
0: <laughs> like. Hey,
1: hey. You know it hasn't been a slow news week? Hashtag Monday Watch. Because there's been controversy.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Do we talk about it because of spoilers though?
0: I'll talk about it in the when I talk about the second episode. I'm
1: gonna say this. Is it spoilers if it happened?
0: Well it's not spoilers because it's (laughs) Is it spoilers if it happened? (laughs) What do you mean like in history? (laughs) Yeah, like you don't talk about the world world wars because you're like I can't give spoilers. I've been
1: avoiding telling anyone who won World War II, just in case they haven't (laughs) caught up with it yet. Because if they're only on World War One, I don't want to ruin the sequel
0: somebody puts downfall on you like no 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 i've not seen this yet
1: wait no i have i'm up to date but what if they're not I see. like they might start downfall being like this hitler guy might actually pull this off
0: <laughs> the heist of the century
1: yeah and they refer to him as this hitler
0: guy he's there he's got... <laughs>
1: is it any wonder that this podcast sometimes goes off the rails <laughs> This is nutty. This is proper nutty stuff. I
0: was just thinking, what have you been down for? Mm -hmm. Don Cheedle was in it doing his English accent still. What? (laughs) Because it's Ocean's Eleven. Oh, okay. Sorry. That was such... Because I was there like,
1: did he also do an English accent in a film that was similar (laughs) to Downfall?
0: Basically, what happened
1: there was... And then I had to check... Was Don Cheeto sleep really in downfall?
0: You said what if he pulls it off? So my mind didn't sleep like he's doing a heist. Yes. <laughs> and then I went, okay. What if Don Cheadle was there?
1: Anyway, um <laughs> So Mando Watch. You've caught up on two episodes because last week we'd recorded before you'd seen episode four.
0: Yes. So
1: Tell me about episode four. Episode was it good four, Star Wars or bad Star Wars? So
0: I didn't think it was great. Um no. like it was it was fine. Like it's this series is always good. Mm. Um, it's just some episodes are oh, great. Um, it had probably the best baby odor in it, though. I actually
1: uh, showed he ate, you. Yeah, he ate a little L- biscuit. Little macarons. Yeah, he ate some macarons and then he threw up on himself. <laughs> it's um, funny.
0: Yeah, I showed you only the bit of him flying and waving his arms. Yeah, um, just because I knew that you would enjoy. I
1: kind of it. wanted it to be funnier than it was, though.
0: You laughed a lot.
1: <laughs> just because he's cute. Like, as you hair.
0: laughed what? until you sicked.
1: It was blue sick. That was a weird thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you hadn't eaten anything blue, which was even more concerning. Okay, so uh, it had good baby Yoda, yeah. but overall so, it's an episode. This one was actually directed by um, Carl Weathers mm-hmm. as well, who's back, who was in this episode as well. Yes. Um, and,
1: and it was just one long shot on Carl Weathers' face. And everyone <laughs> went, direction a little bit strange on this one, Carl.
0: But yeah, it had like, nice moments, like it had nice moments of like saying kind of setting up where the story's gonna go. Um but it also had kind of an idea of almost linking it back into kind of the empire as this thing that exists in the universe, and how do people deal with that fact after so this is now set after Return of the Jedi. Like, how does the universe still cope when the empire basically fell? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do they still kind of cling on to these kind of dark corners of the universe? Uh, Star Trek. Uh, cling on. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I think there was, there was nice stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I just thought it wasn't as kind of exciting as it others. But then episode five naive. is some of the best Star Wars I've seen. Wow. Um, so, this one introduces... um. What's her face? What's her name?
1: Ahsoka? Yeah, but what's the actress's name? Oh, Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson.
0: Couldn't pull it. Okay. Um, I, so, I'm not going
1: to be able to pull the whole name Rosaria of the character. Rosario Dawson
0: as Ahsoka, um, who is a character that's in Rebels.
1: And Clone Wars, what I, what I think. From I understand.
0: Um, now, I've never seen any of those. Um, but I've seen this character before. Like, I've seen a picture of her before. Um, and this is kind of like her in live action. Mm. And... Were you upset because something wasn't quite right? <laughs> so... So I was there just like, this is great. Like the the opening to this episode is almost akin to a horror film. Mm -hmm. Like it's so well done. Um, And it's really inventive and it's just really great to see. And I loved it. And then the episode is pretty like, there's a bit of a lull in in the middle. Um, But then it kind of picks up at the end as well. And she's great. Like She Mm -hmm. looks great and she performs really well. And it's really great to see this character. What about
1: her stance? Would you to, say she's too stiff and upright?
0: Build, I'll get on to this. So it builds, I'm just building in little nuggets to like a really interesting ending where mm. you know information is given to the audience of like a name, that like if you no know Star Wars, and it's like the only time where I've got a reference mm. because I've heard of this character before, Baby Yoda, um, and it's the first time. Like most of the time, I, I didn't even know who Ahsoka is to be honest, mm-hmm. and I had to be informed who she is. Um, afterwards, as always. But it was the first time I was like, oh, this is going to be really exciting for Star Wars fans. But also, like, I'm really enjoying this episode, and I think it's great. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's probably the best episode of the series so far. Probably both series as well. Like, I think it's just really well put together. And like I said, that opening sells it for Mm -hmm. me. What did happen, though, is this morning, I went on the comments under an article about um, why the length of... um, Ahsoka's what are they called? What do we Lekus or something like that?
1: I was gonna say tendrils. So um, yeah, go with Lekus. I think
0: they're called Lekus, which mm-hmm. are like basically these kind of ear things or hair things that kind of come down over our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And why they're shorter in the series than they are in the animated series. And my God, some Star Wars fans are entitled.
1: I've actually got a theory about why they're shorter. Yeah. Cheaper to make, isn't it?
0: Well, that's probably the reason why, but people were like...
1: Saving a few pennies on a <laughs> few inches of tendrils.
0: There's people there arguing, like... Like, literally, people are arguing in the comments going, oh, well, it's because she's older, so she's taller, so it doesn't look as big. And other people are like, well, obviously, they don't care about the law of the character. And it's sort of like, oh, she didn't know how to walk the same way. Um, and I'm like... Get over yourselves, guys. Like, Just be happy that you've got this character. Like, I still haven't seen Gambit on screen. Mm. It doesn't count. I know what you're thinking, and it doesn't count.
1: Well, no, what I'm thinking is, if you're telling them to fucking get over themselves, you need to take a leaf out of your own (laughs) fucking book then, because, my God, this podcast has just been, when's Gambit out, I'm not getting my Gambit, hashtag not my Gambit.
0: Look, I tweet it five times a day, every day. Stop the count. Sees it.
1: Um, you are aware of fan bases, yeah? Though.
0: yeah. Like, I genuinely, I just had fun reading the comments because I just thought, like, I thought it was very well done.
1: Can I get a right? This is gonna be a new thing that we're gonna do in the Mando Watch. Yep. sorry, Mando Watch. Um, is what is your prediction for what happens next week?
0: Um, so he's gone off with
1: self- no, 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 no with. A specific relevance to the only character who I actually care about, okay. Baby Yoda. What will he do? That's funny. He'll eat something because he did. He do anything funny in this episode? Not
0: really. No, like this, fucking so this what?
1: Is the <laughs> and this... it's the best episode. I'm sorry,
0: he's in it, what? but it's less about a Baby Yoda, despite it mm-hmm. also being Baby Yoda being integral to the episode. So it's really okay. weird. Um, so
1: next episode, better go heavy on the baby Yoda. Yeah,
0: well, I think basically they gave us really funny baby Yoda in the previous episode, mm-hmm. so we could have less in this one, and have more.
1: Too much of a good thing will ruin your appetite. Exactly. Mm. So you know I think meeting those macarons. N- next episode, eats a whole pie.
0: <laughs> it's just a mukbang, and yes. it's baby yes. Yoda. It's a mukbang,
1: a term that we discovered <laughs> this week.
0: It's baby Yoda with a bargain bucket from KFC, mm-hmm. Family One. I think just what he's going to do it.
1: is he's going to get like a, um, like a classic sort of clown's cream pie, mm-hmm. and he's just going to dunk his face into it, and then be- <laughs> then it'll come back up, and he'll go. Eh!
0: I think he's going to throw it at Mando, and Mando's going to be like, "Oh, you cheeky little uh, scamp!" But
1: Mando will catch it because he's expert. He'll throw it back at him, and he'll go tumbling down <laughs> a hill with the pie attached to him. Uh, I'd I'd watch that episode.
0: So Dave Filoni, if you're listening, and I know you are,
1: <laughs> it's not too late to do the rewrites. I'm sure the film, I'm sure the filming is still going on for episode six right now. Um, okay, uh, anything else you want to say?
0: I really like it. Okay, it's let's move on great. to
1: actual reviews then, because we've got a lot to talk about today. So I'll zoom through a couple. Um, not branded content for the Zoom Corporation, by the way, guys. Arkansas is the directorial debut of. Clark Duke, best known probably for, I guess, Hot Tub Time Machine and its sequel. (laughs) Um, So, directed by Clark Duke and co, I believe, co written, yeah, the screenplay was co written by him uh, based on the novel by John Brandon. Uh, So, Arkansas is the tale of two sort of low level operatives in a uh, sort of regionalized uh, drug ring um who become sort of enamored with a lifestyle that they would like for themselves once a, a tragic circumstance befalls their direct superior mm-hmm. um and it's it's a weird film because it kind of falls in two different camps. And I think there's some there's some things about it which I think are, are relatively well done. It's got a feel to it that feels very sort of downplayed and low-key, and I think that's that works for it. But it, it's treading very familiar ground, and it's not necessarily doing anything fresh with that ground. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like the the funny parts aren't funny enough for it to be sort of a crime caper in the same way that something like Fargo is. Okay. And the actual reality of the situation isn't real enough for it to feel grounded in too many ways. It's got interesting, uh, you know, it's got a it's got a Hemsworth in it. Uh Liam
0: So did you see um Logan Lucky in the end? No. Okay, so my question is void. Okay. My- because that's the last kind of film that mm. I saw that had that kind of feeling to it. Yeah. And in times, Logan Lucky is a fun romp. Yeah. Um, and I just wondered whether it's anything kind of...
1: This, is, I, I don't think this ever sets out to do the comedy stuff that Logan Lucky seemed to do, from yeah. what I remember of your review of it. Um, but what it does, it, it tries to give sort of earnest performances from liam hemsworth clark duke and then also vince vaughn uh vince vaughn's fine in it i don't think he's particularly i I don't think he's given anything particularly good to work with so Mm -hmm. i would have been interested to see if uh if if the material was stronger potentially would it have been a better film overall but then again if it's based on a novel i've got to be led to believe that the novel is the problem potentially Either that or the adaptation is, is losing something. Um, yeah, I mean, it's on Netflix now. Uh, it came out earlier this year. It actually says here, coming soon, releases on the December the 15th. So I wonder if it's getting a cinematic release, potentially. Yeah. Um, it's a that'll do, Pig. It's not great. Um, if you're into sort of those kind of films, it might do something for you. But again, I just feel like if it isn't really doing... You know, it feels at times it feels like a sub-Coen Brothers crime caper, Mm -hmm. and then other times, because it's never trying to be as funny as that, it kind of sits in this weird in-between, this no-man's-land of... I'm not quite sure what it is, but it doesn't ever seem to be achieving what it is. Yeah. Would not recommend? (laughs) Yeah, would not recommend, but it's there if you want it. Um... Do you hey, want do really quickly? speaking of there if you want it, Hillbilly Elegy is the new Ron Howard film, which is on Netflix now, uh, and is Amy Adams and Glenn Close's latest attempt to win their Oscars. Uh, so This is based on the best-selling memoir by J.D. Vance, um, and tells the story of J.D. Vance's childhood and adulthood. So the film is basically split between two different time Timelines. I suppose so. You've got present day J D Vance as a Yale um, student, and then it switches back to flashes back to his childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a film that sort of is is mostly interested in this exploration of the divide between rural, yeah, rural and urban life within America, specifically. Mm. And sort of the Appalachian ways of doing things, this kid sort of spent his summers in Kentucky, where his family were from, but lived in Ohio. So had two different experiences, and had, you know, met these characters along the way who all struggled with various things, and his mother had various problems, and it meant that his grandmother was a, very much a big part of his upbringing. And it's a very showy film in in the so the performances are really i i suppose when you're when you're working with material where the vast majority of these flashbacks are all very sort of intense shouty, you know there's a lot of angst and anguish going on at all times
0: mm-hmm.
1: it can it can feel a little bit overwhelming in terms of just the amount of yelling that is going on and for me. If I'm looking at this and thinking, okay, are these good performances? I don't know. I don't think that they are. I think they're. I think they are clearly performances, and that's the problem.
0: So, in a way, mm. I just want to add another comparison in here. Yeah, shouting performances where shouting works. Mm. Uncut gems. Yes. That entire film is people shouting at each other and nobody ever shuts up.
1: So those feel like people within that story. Yeah. These feel like actors within this story. And I think that's the difference. Yes. Is that this feels like you're watching you're not watching a family and their troubles and their travails. You're you're sort of watching actors doing their best to tell you this story about this family. And again, because it's based on this memoir, I don't know if it's a problem with the source material and there's not a way to adapt that that works, Mm -hmm. but the flashbacks and the the sort of narration just feels like every time it cuts back, I'm just not interested. (laughs) And ultimately, it just didn't ever grab me and it's come under some criticism for sort of um simplifying the problems of poverty and things like that in and and the divide between rural and urban living and i don't know that any of that's necessarily true i just don't think it's a particularly good film <laughs> yeah. and i i think that's that's more the problem for me is that i'm watching it i'm going it might get you an oscar nomination i don't know because it's that kind of thing that gets you know it got denzel washington a nomination for <laughs> fences but that felt like again, it felt I talked about that one feeling stagey. This one feels very actor in the same way that it just kind of feels like you're watching people and you're going, I wish that I cared and yeah. it's it's subject matter where you kind of go it's you know there's there's addiction, there's recovery, there's a lot of stuff in there, and it's all based on true stuff and
0: mm-hmm.
1: it probably should be engaging, and the fact that it isn't is its biggest problem. And the fact that I'm supposed to think that this is engaging. Yeah. I, it never just, it never did it for me. So it's on Netflix now. It's called Hillbilly Elegy. I would not recommend.
0: Oh, I really thought that was anyone would recommend. <laughs> um,
1: shall we talk about Uncle Frank?
0: Yes, let's talk Uncle Frank.
1: Um, so Uncle Frank is uh Amazon Prime video uh, released on Thursday this week, uh, just in time for Thanksgiving. Yes. Thanks. Um, so this is, uh, Paul Bettany plays a college professor, Frank, um, who, due to a family tragedy, has to take a road trip with his 18-year-old niece back to their family home in North Carolina, I think it is, mm-hmm. isn't it? From New York City. Um, a place where he has been running from for, seemingly, all of his life, and no one's ever told his niece why. Mm-hmm. And she discovers early doors that he's gay, but the family don't necessarily know.
0: Yes.
1: And it's about their road trip back and then confronting demons from the past. I I, I really like this film. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a few things that we need to highlight here. I think the performances from the whole cast are really good. I think even the smaller roles that are cast, like Steve Zahn yes. cast as his brother, I think is terrific. Um Judy two. Greer as Steve Zahn's wife in this is great.
0: Steve Zahn has two or three moments in this that are really impactful. Mm-hmm. Um and he doesn't do much, but it is almost he feels like anybody who's got a brother feels it feels real mm-hmm. and it happens two or three times that, Stephen Root continuously does great things uh,
1: Margot Martindale as the mother I think is terrific mm-hmm. but particular focus on I think Sophia Lillis is very good yes. but I think the real stars of the show here Paul Bettany I think does magnificent work but also Peter McDesey who plays Wally is just
0: Wally is a kind of breath of fresh air in this film Yeah, um, just this kind of Wonderful character that seems so freeing and so real. mm mm-hmm. um, And is almost necessary as this kind of balance to this quite stoic man of Frank. Yeah. That his partner is this quite free-willing... F-
1: yes. And free-spirited yeah. person. And I think... So I think the best way to describe this is it feels like a more realistic green book. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense at all. Because okay. they've both got a very similar dynamic of there is a road trip into the south, and it's not necessarily a place that is receptive towards a type of person. Mm-hmm. And as such, but I mean, there's more I think there's more going on here than there is in Green Book, which is why I'm saying it's a more <laughs> realistic one, because it feels like these are fully fleshed out. People, yeah. rather than just because I think the the issue with Green Book ended up being that it sometimes felt like caricature, yeah. Whereas this never does feel like that. That this feels like character well, rather a than wonderful caricature.
0: Thing that you can watch, like Paul Betany does such a wonderful job of showing this man who is so in control of his life, but you can see the fear of his family, yeah. And it's put out there for you to see, and it is beautiful to watch this really kind of powerful performance where it leaves you with no kind of second guessing of how he is going through the mill. Um, And there's a really great moment. I think when they get to the town Mm. um, that he lives in and he has to get, he has to book a room. Yes. um, And there's an exchange between him and Wally. And I think it's just a really, really nice moment of just seeing, how this guy is affected by his situation mm. um yeah i think it's really beautifully done and i think that there's a couple of things that like i think like i don't get like there's a couple of cam like camera techniques they use in this film but i don't mm. really understand where it's kind of like blurring the edges i said it to it looks more like a fisheye effect mm. and it's used especially at one point in particular, um and it just kind of Made me question, like, why? Why? Yeah. Is that? I'm sure there's a reason that it was done, Um and I do think there is a bit in the middle, kind of where it. I don't know. I don't want to say lulls because it doesn't. Like the one thing I say about this film is, it's. I don't know how long it is.
1: It's about ninety-five minutes, I think. But it
0: seems brief. Like it's. Yeah, skips. it is.
1: It's. I think it's well paced, but it's also it's. It's the length it needs to be, mm. rather than. You know, you could make this film two hours or an hour and a qu- an hour and three quarters easily, yeah, by just padding it out. But it is the f- it is the length that it actually needs to be, rather than being the length that someone else might deem it necessary to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think I, I mean it's I think it's really nice, and I think there's 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 really good performances at the heart of it, which form the emotional core of that film. Yeah and then everything else around it. I think in terms of... So there's always, there's always this talk about ensemble casts and how important they are, particularly within films mm. like this. If you're looking at an ensemble cast, this is one of the best ones you'll see all year, I think, just because okay. like everyone seems to be perfectly placed yeah. and does such a great job and may only have two minutes of screen time in the whole film, but they do the job they need to do and they do it to the level they need to do it. And I think... Yeah, I mean, it's it, it can be, you know, it's a bit of a an emotional heartstrings puller. Mm. But I think if you're looking for something that, you know, again, much like Arkansas, it's not reinventing the wheel here. It's not doing anything particularly new with the story. You've seen this story before, yeah. and you know exactly where it's going to end up from the very beginning, I feel. But the stuff that happens along the way, that's the interesting stuff. And I think, you know, it's, it does a good job of that. And, you know, it's a would recommend from me. It's, 100%, on, yeah. uh, it's on Amazon Prime and it's called Uncle Frank. Uh, so you can find it there.
0: Absolutely worth seeking out.
1: Um, right, moving on. Final thing this week then um, is Happiest Season. Which it's Christmas
0: time, my friends. Yeah.
1: So we're, we're rapidly approaching, uh, December and it's worth noting that in December, we're going to try and do some December themed episodes, which we've talked about previously. Ooh. Um, so to get us in the mood, we decided to watch happiest season, um, which is directed and co-written by Claire Duval and, uh, the other co-writer is Mary Holland, um, about a,
0: so it's a really interesting double bill because we watched yeah *Frank and Happy* season in mm-hmm. the same night yeah and actually they complement each other really well
1: yeah um so it's a young woman named Harper who is uh, in a relationship with uh, Kristen Stewart's Abby so Mackenzie Davis plays Harper and decides to invite Abby home with her for the holidays to meet her family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The only issue is. Harper's family don't know that Harper is gay and her dad is running for mayor and therefore has to be seen to have this perfect family that he's been led to believe is exactly the way he sees it for his whole life, basically. (laughs) And thence the humour arises. Um,
0: So, yeah, she's basically told her family that... This is my orphan friend who yeah is straight who
1: can't you know she feels too sorry for her to stay to leave her alone for christmas so would it be okay if my 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 orphaned roommate <laughs> comes back with me for the holidays but of course she only tells Abby this while they're in the car on the way there mm. and it's too late to cancel Um, so I, uh, again, if we are talking about, so it it kind of ended up being a a great double bill in a couple of ways, because thematically there's a lot of stuff here that is reflective of stuff in Uncle Frank, and obviously this is done in a more comedic, it's a holiday rom-com, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still touching similar subject matter in a different way, and I think that's kind of interesting. The other interesting comparison, I think, is ensemble casting. Mm Mm-hmm. Both of these films have just a terrific ensemble cast, down to the smaller characters, you know. Yeah.
0: So the weird thing is, like, so while Uncle Frank's ensemble cast works because they seem like real people, this works because they all are caricatures, really, mm-hmm. but also play those caricatures really well.
1: Yeah. Um, and i think there is like the the family unit themselves are great and everyone in that does their role really well dan Le- levy is great as the friend of abby and i think <laughs>
0: there's a point in this film but um it's in the trailer and i won't say what it is just in case you haven't seen the trailer Cause if you haven't seen the trailer go into it blind but i knew if it was ha- going to happen you didn't
1: well the thing is i'd seen the trailer <laughs> so i i i just don't know if i'd if I knew that that was happening or whatever, or hey, it could be a trailer where a thing gets cut, but But I had a genuine reaction to it.
0: And it was so good to see.
1: Um, And so here's the thing is that I think, again, it's another theme of this week. It's not necessarily reinventing the wheel. It's a holiday rom-com and it comes with all of the sort of beats that that normally comes (laughs) with. What I really love about this over a lot of, what mediocre holiday rom-coms is there's just a freshness to it where the cast are just doing a great job i don't feel like and i think the the key difference is i think i've seen a lot of holiday rom-coms that sort of lean into the sentimentality and the Mm schmaltziness of it and this doesn't do that this doesn't necessarily lean into that no in the same way it isn't afraid of having i was speaking to my brother about it earlier and i was saying It's interesting because the comedy is a mix of very uh, broad comedy, but then also quite sharp comedy at the same time. And there's a mix of it that means that you get to the point where you go, oh, this has kind of got something of everything in it. And I think the mixture works. Because I think if it was a broad comedy for the whole thing, it would get tiresome and irksome.
0: Well, I said the interesting thing about it is that at the start, I thought this wasn't going to be for me. Yeah. Like, there's two or three jokes at the beginning. I was like, oh, is this kind of the jokes? Yeah, in the first sort of five minutes. Is this the kind of jokes it's going to be making the whole way through? And then it just got funnier and funnier and funnier. Um, but then mm. it also has a heart in the middle of it. Like, there's actually something there that is, is not just all oh, this comedy for comedy's sake. There's actually something there
1: yeah and i think a lot of that credit has to go to the writing i think is really good and i think it's a really strong script but also getting very talented performers into Mm -hmm. the over you know casting this as well as you have you know everyone in this is just perfectly cast i think yeah and i can't think of i i was saying this to you earlier i can't think of a film that i've laughed more at this year than this and it's such a refreshing thing to go into a sort of christmas rom-com that can notoriously be very hard going just due to the fact that you've kind of seen it all before mm-hmm. and have one of the best times you've had watching a film this year you know really just enjoyable hour and 40 minutes or whatever yeah. it is and it again it flies by it it's just it's good fun And I may, you know, I might well watch it again before Christmas, because it was just that much fun.
0: Yeah, it's great. Like, and the thing is, I think you said it yesterday when you said, the thing is, at the heart of it, it's a very good Christmas movie before it's anything else. Yeah. And sometimes, guys, we just need a little bit of fun.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think a a lot's obviously been made of the LGBTQ Mm -hmm. storyline, and that's obviously great, and the representation is a wonderful thing, but... It never loses sight of the fact that well, first and foremost, it's got to work as a film, and it's yep. got to work within that parameter of it is a Christmas rom com, so it's got to do certain things to fit that template, but it can do it in a very original way and have a lot of fun while it's doing it. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of fun while I was watching it, and I, you know, I would heartily recommend this. So you can buy it uh, on pretty much any streaming platform now. Yeah. Uh. Well, buy or rent. Um. Yeah, Happiest Season. I think it's it's a would recommend from me. It's been a good week, I Absolutely, think.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you say that, we had four videos. Yeah, half just, of them are bad, half of them are good. Yeah,
1: but I think... Okay, so here's the other thing, is that because I watched Hillbilly Elegy in the morning, mm-hmm. and then I watched Uncle Frank, and then I watched Happiest Season, I think that's the correct way that I should have watched them. Yeah. Hillbilly Elegy got me very down, because it's just a lot of yelling, and everything seems very sad for no... Well, for a lot of good reasons, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. But, you know... The problem with that film was it was just too much of that. Uncle Frank has the uplifting stuff and it has the sweetness to it that I think it needs. And then Happiest Season is just a couple of hours of fun.
0: What I liked was Uncle Frank, I think, has this kind of hard kind of edge to it. But, like, these performances of it, kind of like a powerhouse performances. Yeah. And they are ones that, like, it can leave you a little bit, like, while yes, it's uplifting, I think it can leave you a little bit kind of like, whew, yeah, um, and happiest season was like this lovely little palate cleanser afterwards. Where mm. I was like, I really enjoyed Uncle Frank, and now I'm really enjoying this, and now I feel good.
1: I, I think it's going to be a crowd pleaser. Yeah, Happier season is going to be something that you could put on at Christmas, and people will enjoy. I'm, I'm it I'm
0: tempted to show it to my parents at Christmas and be like, Oh, this is a new Christmas movie. Do you want to watch it? Because my mm. mom loves Christmas movies. Yeah, she loves Hallmark Christmas movies for some reason, mm. um, and we'll watch any Christmas movie there is. And I'm there like. This is actually a new Christmas movie. She hasn't seen, and it's good.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Um. We did it. So. What well, that's it, I guess. Yeah. Is the end.
0: Um. Find us on social media, guys. Um. We are Dinosaur Man Podcast on Facebook. Yeah. On Instagram, Twitter, it's Dinosaur Man Fifteen We're on YouTube. Basically, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. And listen Johnny to Needs, us however you want. Yeah, Johnny Needs did the theme song. Yes, this week it had sleigh bells behind it. Oh my
1: god, Christmas is here! It's time
0: for Christmas. Oh my god. Uh, thank you, Alex, for hosting.
1: Thank you, Andy, for hosting.
0: And guys, until next time. It's
1: beautiful that we share this moment, isn't it? This moment Do you want of to come hosting. I meet
0: my parents this Christmas. Die. Die.